with Bad Gals Book Club, the podcast. I'm your host, Jenna, and happy Into the Dark release day for those who celebrate. What a good day for us Magnolia Parks girls. I am so excited for this book. This is probably the most anticipated release for 2024. I feel like all of us are ready. We're nervous. We're excited. We have the tissues ready for it, but I cannot wait to get my hands on this book. Being said, this week's episode, we do have a Magnolia Parks related guest. I am so excited. When I reached out to this guest, I was so excited when they replied saying they were willing to come on the podcast because I've been an art lover since I can remember. I love creating art. I'm not very good, but I've always like re- like loved it. My childhood memories are just doing some form of art. And I feel like I've just brought that into my adulthood. So when I first saw the Magnolia Parks books, I was drawn to the book because of the cover. I thought the artwork was absolutely stunning and it's what made me want to read it initially. And then obviously Booksta really like solidified how badly I want to read them. And then once I got my hands on the actual books and got to look at the covers, I was like, this is so like intricate, stunning. Like they're just beautiful. So this week we have Emmy Lawless on the podcast and she is the artist behind these covers. So I was so, so excited when she agreed to come on. I was actually so nervous. I don't know why I was nervous because she is just like such a genuine, kind person. And I had the best time talking with her. So I've been so excited to share this episode. In this episode, we obviously talk all about the Magnolia Parks covers and how she created that art. Talk about books that we love, TV shows that we grew up watching, And she also gives us a little tease on what she thinks about Into the Dark. So let's just get into this. It's so exciting. And let's welcome Emmy Lawless to the podcast. I want to start off by saying thank you for coming on. I was so excited because like I, like I'm not very good at art, but I've always been like into creating art. Cool. So that plus like, just like the Magnolia Parks universe, which is so exciting. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I'm like, this is actually the first podcast I've done about books or art or anything like that. So yeah, I was super excited. This is so cool. Well, I first want to ask, because you said you moved to Chicago for a job. Was that for like an art related job? Do you know what? It was actually, I feel like this is, if there's ever kind of a misconception maybe about what I do, this is it. (laughs) It's that I actually studied business and I work full time in a very corporate role, like a not creative at all um and so yeah I moved here for that kind of job but I do obviously like a lot of art in my spare time but yeah my work and my art really don't actually overlap at all funnily enough oh because I I honestly thought you did art full-time like that's just like what I thought even some of my friends think that like and I can see how it looks like that um for sure and I think like it's not maybe that common to have because kind of the work that I do it's pretty digital it's around a lot of website kind of work um and so yeah I think it takes people by surprise at times when I'm like Mm -hmm. doing a nine to five grind but um yeah and then weekends and evenings are kind of my art moments how did you get into like figuring out that you like wanted to pursue art more as a like side hustle job than just a hobby well I had always really liked drawing growing up. I don't think I necessarily was exhibiting any early signs of like having a natural aptitude for it. I think my family and I will kind of laugh over some of my early drawings that were not really signaling that it was something I should pursue. Um, But in high school, I had an amazing art teacher and she really invested in me like she invested a lot of time and energy into me by teaching me some of the fundamentals of oil painting. And so I really got into oil painting. I did a lot of portraiture uh, and then sort of started exploring different mediums. And then when I left high school, I really pursued art as like a full-time job and I was doing commission work and I had an exhibition. Um, And I guess I kind of went on a journey over time of realizing that It's something that I was passionate about and brought me a lot of joy and I love doing, but I didn't necessarily want to pursue it 
as like a full-time job. I didn't want to depend on art for what was paying my rent or my bills. Um, and so then I explored some of my other passions, which led me to what I do for work now. Um, but yeah, it was kind of high school where I realized like, this is something that's really important to me. It's something that whether or not I'm amazing at it or not, it just is so fun that I want to make sure it's always a part of my life. Yeah. And I always, like, it's interesting that you say that as well. Cause I feel like with a lot of hobbies, I get scared to like, I don't know, not that I get scared to make it a job, but sometimes like you just don't want to take the fun out of creating yeah. something and like keeping your safe yeah. space, I guess. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes too, like if I spend all day, every day in a creative zone, I tend to kind of run out of like the juices, I guess. I don't know the right way to describe it. Um, but whereas if I've been at work for the day and been operating more in that left-hand side of my brain, by the time I come home, I'm like, great. I just want to paint. I want to immerse myself into something more like right brain centric. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. that's kind of been the balance now that I've struck in my life, at least at the moment. Yeah. That's it. I feel like that's like a good way to put it. Cause I'm a bit the same. Like I work in tech. And after that, I'm like more excited to do something creative because I'm like, yeah. my brain is so corporate tech girl all day. I need to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally know how that feels. And the other thing I was wondering with your art, because like, obviously you grew up just like doing your own thing. When mm -hmm. you started working on like Magnolia Parks, was it a big change to like then go from bringing someone else's, I guess, like mind to life? Mm -hmm. Do you know what? I think it would have been a massive shift, like a really big change if it was anyone except for Jessie, because her and I have just a very special, I don't know, like symbiotic maybe relationship. It's kind of hard to describe, but it it felt working with her on projects felt really similar to what it's like working by myself, except it was better working with her. Whereas I think had I have tried to work with just about anyone else under the sun, then it would have been a very dynamic shift that maybe would have been a bit of a struggle for me. But um, yeah, it was sort of just the way that we collaborate together is really seamless. And um, we kind of, we just love the same things. And so her art directing me for the covers was actually a really enjoyable experience and felt a lot like it does when I get joy out of working alone but anyone else I think I would have been like I don't I don't like this <laughs> that makes sense to me because when I looked at the books initially like I was fully with the Magnolia Park series like I'm judging the book by its cover because I saw it and I was like these covers are so beautiful that it has to be good but I just like looked at the art and then when I read it afterwards I was staring at the cover and I was like oh my god there's so much more to this than like I even knew before reading it, like all the little like almost Easter eggs in the covers. I feel like you have yeah, to be on the stage. Yeah. yeah. There are some people I think that were almost a bit like taken back. They thought the covers were misleading. I I mean, I've I've obviously seen the the love and the hate for the covers. Um, and that seems to be if people don't like it, the common theme around why they don't like it is that they didn't like they thought maybe it was a children's book or something they weren't expecting. But I feel like once they read the book and then they go back, they're like, oh, okay, the it's all connecting now. But if you're looking at the cover for the first time and you've never read the book, I can understand why it would be a bit surprising. Yeah, definitely. Is there any like things on the covers that most people miss, like Easter egg wise? Because I feel like a lot of us like really look into these. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a very dedicated readership for sure, which I love. Um, I think if anything, sometimes things just get a little bit uh, I, maybe misconstrued. Like there was definitely we'd put our initials in the stars in the most recent cover um, for Into the Dark. And because obviously Jesse's initials, J.H., I think like people were very quick to be like, oh, my God, it's. Julian but it and I understand the confusion because my initials like my real name is M Emily Averill so it's not like it was obviously Emmy Lawless Jessa Hastings it was like E-A-J-H and so I think that threw people off a little bit so sometimes there's points of confusion but I don't think I've seen 
I, I'm pretty sure I've seen people pick up on just about everything we put in. Um, but the caveat to that is I'm sure Jesse's told me to put something in that maybe I didn't even know all the layers of meaning to because she's like such a genius when it comes to the whole universe that maybe I've missed something as well. But no, I'm pretty sure everyone's like done the deep dive and they have caught it all from what I can think of right now. Yeah. I feel like it's like I find a lot of people who read Magnolia Parks are also Taylor Swift fans. Yeah. So it's like their whole lives are dedicated to like looking into like the deeper meaning. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think it was the the first, the one that really I was like super impressed by is when someone picked up, there's a um, second star to the right straight onto a morning in the London skyline of Ag Magnolia. We had, we were kind of in the final stages of finishing that artwork. And then Jesse was like, let's put a second star to the right in the sky of the London scene. And to us, we knew that was a nod towards Never, which obviously sits outside of the Magnolia universe. Um, but when Jesse was sort of hinting at what she was working on next before she'd announced never someone picked up on that and I was like whoa you really need to be paying attention to have like drawn those lines and guessed it out of the blue as well which is pretty good that's so cool you got to be just like a part of that and like just a part of the universe is it yeah. surreal like just like your art on these covers and now like with never as well because you did the never art too yeah yeah um yeah it it is so exciting I actually walked into my favorite bookstore in Sydney the last time oh not the last time I was home a couple of times before that um and the mistake I made was I went by myself because I was just running errands and I happened to walk by Dimmix which is like in the CBD and so yeah. I went and I was so pumped and I saw the book on the shelf and I just was like kind of looking around to be like, I want to like have a moment here, but there's no one to have a moment with. And I said to a woman standing nearby, she was kind of watching me because I'm like holding it and I went to take a photo of it and she's was sort of staring at me. So I go like, oh, I, I showed it to her. I was like, I illustrated this. And she just goes, oh, and just walks past. And I was like, okay. Like, this is really I should have brought a friend. I should have brought someone who was like going to like gas me up about it. But yeah. But no, it is, it's super exciting when I see it. I feel like that's just like unlucky. So I feel like if like any book, like real book community girl walked by, they would be like, holy shit. Like, you <laughs> Yeah, I should have, I should have um, tried to bring the right kind of personal official. Yeah. Anyway, definitely. I was excited. So it is exciting. Yeah. Um, I also have to ask just while we're on like the Magnolia Parks, never universe is there a character in one of the books that you feel the most connected to oh um when I very first read Magnolia I loved Bridget I think there was a lot about Bridget's relationship with Magnolia and even maybe more so her relationship with BJ and so I just I guess you always kind of place yourself into books whether it's somebody's relationship that like reminds you of one you've had or traits somebody has that you resonate with or whatever it is um but I think what really spoke to me about that was I loved I loved how good BJ was with Bridget and then I really love like Jesse's husband Ben has always been so wonderful to me in like very important and special ways and it's not that I've ever doubted like he's the one for her like he's so obviously you know to me I'm like he is her soulmate but the way he treats me really kind of just like further bolsters that I guess in a way in my mind obviously yeah. like selfishly I guess but um so I yeah, I love that dynamic and I love that she's like a bit of a nerd and yeah so maybe Bridget I feel like that's a good way to put it because I think like to hearing like the Joseph's husband's life as well I feel like BJ kind of has like he got a lot of redemption through his relationship with Bridget yeah totally yeah I agree I have to ask though is there anything you miss about Australia that you can't get in Chicago Ooh, I always just go coffee I'm like there's when I was living in Sydney there was a few coffee places around my apartment that I would go to all the time. Um, and really anywhere in Australia, I can get an almond latte and it's 10 out of 10. Love it. It's great. 
even if I'm an American, someone says, oh, you know what? There's this Australian coffee shop or they make they make a flat white exactly how you'd like it or whatever it is. It's not the same. It never tastes the same. And so anytime I go back to Australia, the second I wake up in the morning, I'm like, great, let's get to the coffee shop. Um, that's pretty much it though. I think like I go back enough that all the other foods I love is just like, oh yeah, it's fun to visit and get that. But my daily thing about coffee is I will, I miss it all the time. Yeah. I, I get that. Cause I lived in Banff for a bit, which is like all the Australians go to Banff. And when we were there, they'd be like, oh, you really? Get yeah. It's like all Australians. I was like a minority being Canadian there. Right. And they were like, I miss like I miss coffee so much and I was like what do you mean like it's fine like a coffee is a coffee like I never got it and then I moved here and I was like oh no I get it so when I go back to Canada I'm like it is not the same coffee is so bad here yeah so I get it it's like dirt water sometimes yeah what they that's like they're putting like sugar in the almond milk or something like there's just something yeah. weird about what they're doing here the coffee almost always tastes burnt. Like now that I've had it here, I'm like, this is actually how you brew coffee. In America and like Canada, it's like burnt yeah. tasting. I don't get it. It really is. Thank you for, I'm like, feel very like vindicated that you agree <laughs> with this. <laughs> it's like, I'm not kidding for so long. I was so confused when Australians be like, the coffee's so bad. I'm like, it's a coffee. Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, no, it's, it's bad. <laughs> You've been ruined now for life. I, I like miss it when I go home to Canada. I'm like, it's not the same. I feel like I'm like not excited for a coffee. And like yeah. coffee's like my morning routine. Yeah. It's just like that. When I wake up is the first thing I'm thinking about. And and yeah. I could go with that other things in life. But even if I was doing some kind of like crazy, like, oh, I'm going to do 75 hard or, you know, all those things people do. Mm -hmm. As soon as I read it and it's like, oh, like no caffeine. I'm like, I'm out. I can't do it. <laughs> Like there's no way. Some, and they're like, I don't need caffeine to like get through the day. And I was like, I do. Like that's yeah. I don't have caffeine. I'm happy to own it. And if I've ever made a mistake, then it's before I've had a coffee. It just further confirms. I'm like, I was made to drink coffee. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I'm the exact same. Like if I'm at work and I'm like having an off day, I'm like, I just need a second cup of coffee and I'll be yeah. Fine. It'll that's solve everything. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm the same. I, that's why I had to ask. I had a feeling it was coffee, but sometimes, mm -hmm. like when I ask people, they'll like say something random, like shapes, and I'm like, I think you can like replicate shapes, but you can't yeah. replicate coffee. America, yeah. that America's very good at snacks. So, as far as like, even though I love like Aussie like lollies and Tim Tams, whatever, I'm like, you can get pretty good shit here, but in yeah, yeah but you can't get good coffee. No, you can't. Um, sorry, I'm all over the place, but going back to books, I had to ask, are there any books that you grew up reading that's like now made you a reader? Because are you a big reader as well? Yeah, a huge reader. Um, yes, definitely. I loved the Narnia series growing up. Um, and I had an illustrated version of the Narnia series, which was definitely kind of a moment for me where I just remember I've got such vivid connections between the art and the writing. And so I think that's where it just birthed a passion for me of like create like literature and art combining, I, I feel mm -hmm. like. Um, and I really liked um, the Folk of the Faraway Tree. I think it's Ina Blyden, is that how you pronounce it? Um, but yeah, I really loved that. I loved like Roald Dahl books and so Quentin Blake being the illustrator for that. So I loved books where there was like a, a clear relationship between the author and the artist. So I guess that's obviously why now um, I really enjoy working with Jesse. Um, but then as I got older, uh, I kind of, I feel like my teenage years are a bit of a blur for what I was reading. I don't think I was reading like great stuff. And it was more in my yeah. early twenties that I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out, like I read Fates and Furies by Lauren Goff and that became one of my favorite books ever. And then that sort of just set me off on this path for like, I will always have a book going. I've always got a book on my nightstand. If I'm going on a holiday, I'm buying a couple of books. If I'm at the airport, I'm at the bookstore. Like, that was sort of when it started for me. But yeah, those books in my early childhood were kind of 
what sparked my love for reading. But you said you have a book on the go all the time. What's mm -hmm. like your most recent one? Um, ooh, my most recent one, what did I? Oh, okay. So I had been doing like Fourth Wing and Iron Flame, and then I really loved Iron Flame, but then I'm only like a little bit of the way through Fourth Wing and it hasn't been like capturing me as much. Um, and I'm sure people feel a lot of feelings about that. I think I just need to like maybe give it a bit of focus. Uh, before that, I read Such a Fun Age by, I think it's by Kylie Reed, um, which was really yeah. good. Highly recommend that. Yeah, I've been looking at that one because. I keep seeing that everywhere. I feel like it just randomly started popping up on my Instagram and I was like, yeah. it's so good. Up. Oh, and then I, I, right before that Verity was my, I've, I've actually, so only Colleen Hoover I've ever read, but yeah, I, I read that one because my colleague lent it to me. I, well, I just finished it before. Yeah. So I did Verity. Um, cause I'd heard a lot about Colleen Hoover and a lot of my friends have read her books. I haven't read any of her books, um, which is crazy. I know. I feel like what's that she has that one that everybody's read um but that's yeah my, yes that's the one yeah. um but yeah my friend at work had Verity and so I borrowed that from her and it's actually it's really nice a lot of my girlfriends at work are big readers and so there's like lots of book exchange going on um but yeah that's what I've been into at the moment um for Verity did you think it was like a manuscript or oh like I, well, I had, it was so not what I was expecting getting it oh, because in my mind, I'm thinking like Colleen Hoover is like love story, like romance, like, yeah, it, I was, I did not see that coming, but, um, is it a manuscript? I don't know. I don't think we ever got the answer. Yeah. That's, I'm like, it's like the, it reminded me of the, you know, the spinning wheel in, um, was Oh my gosh, Inception. And it's yes. like, it's, so you're waiting at the end to see like, does it tip or does yeah. it stay? I'm just like, is it a manuscript? I'm like, yeah, it but I love that though. I'm like, leave the questions open. So yeah, they, I don't know. she did put like a extended version with like more of a scene. And I didn't really even want to read it. Cause I was like, I kind of like that. I'll never know. Yeah. Sometimes and when I get the answer, I'm like, oh, I liked living in the question mark world. Definitely. Yeah, so I don't think I'll read the extended scene. No, I wouldn't recommend it. It kind of like took away the book for me. Like I had to like now be like, that's not part of it. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Draw the line there. And then one like out of total left field, but um, Richard Osman, have you ever heard of Thursday Murder Club? I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. Oh my gosh, it is so funny. And it is, it's definitely, I would recommend if someone's going on a beach holiday, cause they're like, I just need to unwind, check out. I'm, you know, have been overwhelmed. I, I just, it's the easiest, lightest, funnest, like funniest read. And every one of his books are as good as the last. So he's done a few now, Thursday Motor Clubs. I think there might be four now. And yeah. you know how sometimes you love the first one and then you can just tell, oh, they're just trying to juice it now and just like churn out other ones, make a bit of money yeah. or whatever. It's not like that at all. Every one of them is so good. And so that's my, I always recommend that to someone who just needs like, if they're in a reading slump or they just like need an easy pick me up, that's a good one. I feel like I need to read those like after like you know how you read some books and you're like I'm gonna have a book hangover from this like I don't know how to start yeah. a new book. Uh -huh. yeah I gotta do that I'm like if someone's just finished like a little life I'm like if you just need a minute then go and read Thursday Murder Club <laughs> that's good because I just bought a little life because everyone's talking oh, about it yeah I I get yeah everyone's like it's depressing and I was like I don't know if I'm ready yeah, you need to have have Thursday Motor Club like lined up as your next yeah. after a little life. I also wish I had that for after a long way home because that was another one at the ending. I was like, what do I yeah. do with myself? Like, yeah. How do you feel? And everyone kept like, it's like worse when like people are preparing you for things like with any book and you're like, mm -hmm. okay, I know something bad happens, but I don't know what it's going to be. And then you like are like gearing yourself up for it and it happens and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
The worst is if you're ever reading, like I read The Long Way Home in a physical version, but the first time I did, it wasn't, it hadn't gone to print yet. And so I'm like, you know, when you're reading something like on your Kindle, and so it's not giving you that tactical signal that you're almost done. And so, and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, cause I wasn't tracking, you know, it was just like a PDF or whatever. So I didn't have the like percentage thing to track me. And I was like, wait, are we done for the, is this it? Like, did you send me the right copy? Is there more? Where's the next chat? The words is, yeah, you're like trying to flip to the next one. You're like, oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. That's also why I got a little life, like in a physical copy. I was like, I'm like usually a Kindle person. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to like see when I'm coming to the end of this. Yeah. I feel like I'm emotionally destroyed. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. do love, like I will, to me, Kindle is what I do when, if I really want a book and I I love having something on the go because I can read it between like my, I just do Kindle cloud reader for Mac or my iPad and my iPhone. So it's really nice to be able to not always have to obviously carry around a physical book. Um, Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, like for the last, even that to me is maybe why I'm not getting in to fourth wing because I bought it on my Kindle when, cause I was like, every time I went to buy it, it was sold out. Cause I just finished yeah. Time Flame. Um, and so I was like, I probably just need to go out and buy the book and then maybe yeah. I'll, I can't. It's just such a, honest, a huge book. It is. And to be honest, the second book, I felt like it was a bit of a chore. Mm. Like I, it took me That's so long. Yeah, yeah. Like all of November, like usually I can't read two books at a time. But I've been mm-hmm. reading it and I was like, I need something just easy because I like yeah. don't want to pick this up. I feel like at the end, I was like, I get it why it was so like long to like gear yeah. up for the third book. But, it but the was first one for me, I like just absolutely loved it. It was such a page turner. And so I was, yeah, I'm like, oh, I wish I was experiencing the same thing in the second, but maybe, maybe yeah, maybe, maybe the third. Yeah, maybe the by the end of the second one, I was like screaming at the book and it like reminded me of the first one. But uh-huh. there's just like that middle bit where I was like, I feel like I don't need this. Like, I yeah. just like, yeah. yeah so I yeah. do get that. But mm-hmm. like, I feel like as readers, you get so passionate. You're like, I got to push through. Yeah, something totally. I'm like, I am, I'm committed. I just need yeah. to get back into the zone. A hundred percent. Is there any other series that are like that for you that you just like, you were committed to this mm-hmm. series and author? Um. I'm trying to think. Oh, okay. So I had a funny one with Court of Thorns and Roses. That's the way you say it, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so I read the first one and the ending of the first one was just so like icky and awful that I was like, I can't do this. It's too dark for me. Like I'm going to have nightmares about the way this ended. And I was like, Ugh, I, I don't want to keep yeah. going um but then all my girlfriends are like trust me just it's that it's not all like that like you're really gonna love like there are more to come you're gonna love it and so I have bought the second book it's sitting on my bookshelf I haven't tried it yet but I'm thinking through like a lot of the authors like I love um yellow I loved yellow face and babel but the you know same author but totally different very like astronomically different books um and yeah even if I think of like Lauren Goff she wrote Fates and Furies and then she wrote I think um The Matrix and again like just very yeah so I don't I I guess I'm outside of like Jesse's books obviously I'm I can't really think of the last time I was deep into a good series where I was just like waiting for the next one um even like Thursday Motor Club every book you wouldn't really call it a series it's kind of like each story is an end-to-end story in and of itself yeah I do love the feeling of that anticipation for the next like for me right now I'm chomping at the bit for the next in never because I'm yeah and like you know so it's a nice feeling to get excited and to be passionate about like an ongoing unfolding universe with the same characters where the story like yeah. I, I'm the same, but I think he will get that with Akatar because the second okay. one, A Court of Fist and Fury, I felt the same. Like the first one, I was like, I really like this, but I don't know where it's going. Like I'm such a like, I need romance. Like I need a bit of like heartedness. But yeah. the second one is probably one of my favorite books I've ever read. 
Okay, that's what all my friends told me. They were like, just get, so it is, I can like see it right now. I'm looking past my screen and I'm looking at it sitting on my bookshelf. So you're not the first person that's told me that. And so I really just need to like get into it. And I think at the beginning, you might be like, this is still feeling a bit like eh. But then once you're in it, you're like, I can't put this down. Okay. All right. Ooh, okay. That makes sense now. I have like a joke where like if I like a series, like I make it my whole personality. Like it's like the airs of me. And that book made that whole series like my personality for a good like five months while I was reading it. Amazing. Okay. You've you've won me. I'm in. Yeah. And then you'll DM me of like, okay, yeah, no, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was like my like it's like little eras of me. I went from Agatars and like Magnolia Parks. And now I'm like when I catch up like after it's so dark, what do I go on to next? Like, yeah. what's my next series? You got to have a new era. Yeah. Yeah, I do. The other thing I want to ask, because I want to like make, I always try to make my guests a surprise, but I always tell a few people like who's coming on. Mm-hmm. The biggest question I got was when you see like fan art for mm-hmm. Magnolia Parks, do you ever see like art that you're like, that's a hundred percent what I was thinking character wise? Like, do you have a thought of what characters would look like? Oh, that's such a good question. I love that question. Um, so yeah, I definitely do for sure. I'm a big time. I will always visualize. And if I don't have a visual picture, I actually struggle to track when there are lots of different characters. I need to sort of place myself in a story by feeling as though I've got a sense of who a character is. And I will often do that by visualizing. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes that makes me a little bit tentative to not want to look online to see what other people have in mind for a character or especially even if there's a movie or a TV series about a book, I prefer to read it myself first because I like sometimes it gets a bit funny for me when those my character and their character like isn't as aligned and I think that the Magnolia like for Magnolia specifically I think the readers have done a really phenomenal job from what I've seen on socials of capturing the essence of a character so even if I'm looking at someone there like whether it's in like an animated form, like a, or, you know, a drawing, uh, an artwork, or they found like a model who they feel like, or whatever it is. Um, more often than not, I'm like, whether or not that person is exactly what I had in my mind, I usually am like, yeah, that's the essence of that character for sure. I get it. Obviously, occasionally I'll see a curveball where I'm like, huh? Like, <laughs> where did that come from? Um, Especially like in the early days, if there were ever like really white Magnolia casting, like what? That's so, you know, that so every now and then there's a moment where I'm like, yeah, that's not what I was picturing. Um, But there's such a beautiful aesthetic that I feel like has been developed by the readers of Magnolia that to me feels so like it very much so resonates. I'm like, I totally agree. Like if I go to Pinterest and type Magnolia Parks aesthetic, I'm oftentimes looking at stuff and I'm like, oh yes, like I feel the same way about it. And so it's been really beautiful to see how that's emerged because it's been done collectively. Like it wasn't just one person going and casting all the characters. It's like a community doing it and I see all these beautiful like reels or on TikTok where usually I'm into it every now you know like sometimes with some of the male characters especially if it's someone you personally have a crush on and then you see a dude and you're like I don't actually think he's that hot and like that's like oh maybe not but 90% of the time yes point you can always like tell who like what guy is the favorite when people do art uh-huh. always I yes. saw like one recently and like Julian was like the hottest in all of it but then <laughs> Christian was not how I pictured him and I was like I don't think this person likes Christian yeah. <laughs> yeah they're like in a sense of like who they want someone to be with or who they're attracted to definitely yeah. comes through for sure yeah and, like, there's no photos of, like, BJ's face. So I'm like, okay, they're a Julian girl. Don't know why Christian got paid on this one, but yeah. not for that. Yes, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. 
I'm the same with visual, like, especially when things get like brought to like TV series or movies, I will get like way too passionate about like, that is not who I pictured or like that is who I pictured. Oh my gosh, there's a bad casting on like a character that I've loved, especially if it's one like I've grown up loving or whatever it is. And like, I do find that really, really challenging. Like there was, um, Jesse and I both love Jeremy Sumter, who was cast as Peter Pan in the 20, 2003, I think came out. We like were obsessed with him to, for us, that's like quintessential. Yes. And then obviously there were so many remakes over the time that every now and then it's a fine Peter, but sometimes if they cast someone, we're like, not feeling it it's it really hits it yeah it's not I think that like he was like my first childhood crush like he was the first one I was like that is the man I'm marrying you know what just can I if you haven't done this let me warn you against doing it don't oh maybe I I don't want to be mean but like don't look at just remember him as he was okay yeah yeah oh my god I, I just realized like I don't want to shit talk anyone that's not yeah. who I want to be um but yeah I, I feel like your pan yeah yeah remember him as Peter Pan it's the same with um JTT from like uh do you do you remember him yeah so yeah don't sometimes it's just good to not track how people have gone later in life you just like let the visual remain as it was yeah, especially like when they're like characters and certain things. You're like, I just want you to be that person. Yeah, yes, totally. You know what? Yeah, I saw Jay I'm sure he's a great guy. He's cute enough to this day. Like, I, I take yeah. it back. He's fine. But, you know, nothing he's, beats him. <laughs> no. I mean, I did feel that recently. I was like also in love with Chad Michael Murray growing up. Oh, yeah. And then I saw him in like a holiday movie. And it's not that looks wise, but I was like, he's just not one tree hill chad michael murray anymore yes who i liked yeah yeah Yeah, that's it and sometimes you know there are certain ages too i feel like where you feel some strong feelings about someone and it never leaves you (laughs) it's so embarrassing i still remember watching that movie and coming to school the next day and telling my friends like you guys i just found the hottest guy and it's peter pan (laughs) Do you know what? I actually went to school with a girl. She was in that um, mermaid show, like H H two or whatever. Um, yeah, she was second in line to be the Wendy character. No way. Yeah. And I, I just, to me, I'm like, imagine coming that close to have being in a kissing scene with Jeremy Sumter from that movie and just missing out, like. I'd be excited about that for the rest of my life. I'd be telling everyone, like, that was almost me. I'd probably put it on at parties, like, see her. That was almost me. I'd be like, remember 2003 when that movie came out? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's such a, it is such a, like, niche reference. Like, either people get it or they're like, I've never watched that movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, it was like, everybody talks about, like, the Robin Williams one. And yeah. Yeah, never seen it. And then everyone would be like, oh, my God, you need to see it. And then I watched some of it, and I was like, it's not really for me. So I think you need to have experienced it in its moment. It's sometimes like if you try to, like, tell people about it now and they look back, they don't really get it. So it's like it's the season that you need it to be in. Like One Tree yeah. Hill, you need to have been, like, a teenage girl to have been watching it and be like, okay, I get it. Exactly. Yeah, that's the same with, like, were you like ever like an OC watcher? Like any oh, of those? Oh yeah. Big time. yeah, that's another thing. Like I feel like if you love the OC, you love it. But if someone tries to watch it now, they yeah. don't get it. Yeah, I was like, I'm. I feel like the fact that I would still listen to Death Cab for Cutie is like thank you to Sarah <laughs> Cohen. I'm like there is there are just moments from that. I mean, the music was so good and the taste. I I feel like you were either like obviously a Ryan or a Seth and for me at least being in my like sort of not emo but emo adjacent phase in high school and then having like Seth Cohen as a love interest really just all lined up that's where I was but I probably have gone I've probably learned a little more Ryan in my like maybe if I was to watch it I'd be like oh yeah I kind of like that like strong whatever which Seth obviously does not have so yeah yeah, it depends where you're at in your life 
I was the exact same. Like I was such a Seth girl. And then I tried to convince, like when I moved to Australia, I had to do hotel quarantine. Oh yeah. And I convinced my boyfriend to just like binge the whole OC with me. Yeah. But he like was not into it. And I was like, look, when I'm watching this, like I'll get back into being obsessed with Seth. But like, what if I'm now Ryan? I'm going to have to like. It's a real question. It is. And also with the music, I feel like it's like very much like Australian music vibes. I feel like music here. Uh, Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, the first time I ever listened to like a Triple J Hottest 100. Yeah. Ocean Alley one. And I was like, I don't know who these people are, but they remind me of the OC. Do you know what? I I totally hear that now. I feel like the between yeah, Modest Mouse and the Killers, I think had like one of their breakthroughs on the OC. Like there were a few that yeah. whether it's not that they are Aussie, but there's I think like a similarity sometimes in Aussie music, like what we're whether it's what we're into or just like what it sounds like. But yeah, that's such an interesting point. I I would always listen to the commentary after like when you know when dvds were a thing um my girlfriend would go her dad would like be on business trips and he'd come back from thailand or whatever and have like the bootleg dvds of those (laughs) and they would have the commentary playing and so we would always like hear like the chick who would pick the music and how that all happened and stuff we were very deep into it yeah yeah i honestly i feel like i just had a feeling you were an oc person it's like almost like if you were a Jeremy Peter Pan girl you're also an OC girl it does (laughs) they're interconnected you're right yeah so funny same with like I think that gossip girl people were are now Magnolia Parks people yes yeah it's the oftentimes I feel like when someone's recommending Magnolia to someone else and they have no sort of they they aren't able to place it because they haven't heard of it they'll use gossip girl as a reference um Mm -hmm. which I think is like yeah very it's a good way of setting it up because that was obviously like such a phenomenon when it um came out and yeah it's a nice way of kind of like giving someone an indication of what they're getting into exactly because I that's how Mm -hmm. I kind of got into it because I put it off for so long because everyone's like you're gonna like get really emotional reading it but like it's like gossip girl and I was like you know, I was emotional a few times watching Gossip Girl, so I can handle Totally. Did you also watch Gossip Girl as well? Yeah. Yeah. Were you like a Chuck or a Nate? Or I guess Dan. I never included him though. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's that understand. That was like one of the... I it for whatever reason, like I, I wasn't as passionate about the love interest in that one. Um, but to me, I was very... The other love triangle that I was very into, though, is um, Jess or Logan. Oh, no, wait, not Logan. What was the Dean? Dean. Gilmore Girls. That was I a love. Like, yeah, I was a big Jess girl. But, yeah, Gossip Girl, I, I remember watching it. I just don't feel like I ever was able to, like, make that attachment to one of the guys. Yeah. Yeah. Who I, I, I don't know. I think I just, like, loved – I was like almost for Gossip Girl. I was more obsessed with like Blair and Serena's friendship. Like I was just always rooting for them to be friends. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I loved like Blair and Chuck because I just like, I feel like they took over everything. Like they were just like. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But yeah. I think if I'm going to talk about like love triangles, I was the same with Gilmore Girls. That one I was like, I'm very passionate about like that. I was team Logan, but then I was really stressed with like Jess and Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Those kind of things, it's like if it can make you feel stressed, you know you're in. Like you know you have an emotional commitment. <laughs> yeah, like I will yeah. still rewatch it, and I still get like as like emotional when I yeah. rewatch it. Yeah, oh, that's the best. Um, the last thing I want to ask about before we get into like a little game that I always play uh-huh. is you're launching some like actual prints now of your art. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this has been such a long time coming. I feel like anytime for the last few years now like maybe three or four years if somebody was to ask me about a print or a shop or anything like that like I'd done little just tiny little um projects here and there that I would launch on a shop for like a couple of weeks and then that'd be it um but I would always be like oh yeah I'm planning on maybe doing something soon but kept putting it off um so yeah I'm really excited we're gonna launch on Valentine's Day and we've got 
um, prints for all of the covers and the map in the um, Never book. It's like on the inside of the hardcover. I'm really excited for that to be a print because obviously I love that it's in the hardcover, um, but it's just so pretty as a print. So yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. And then we have cards, like greeting cards and notepads. I'm a big notepad person. Um, and so I'm excited about that too. And then that's kind of just like where we want to start it. And we want to do some digital products as well. When I say we, it's me and my sister. Um, and so yeah. she's kind of like helping me get the shop going. Um, and so we wanted to do some like wall, iPhone wallpapers and things. And so, yeah, I'm, it's been a big undertaking getting it set up. I realize now why I kept going like, oh, I'll do it sometime knowing probably in the back of my head it was going to be a big project. But yeah. now that I've got it, like I've got all the products now myself and they just make me so happy and I've like placed them all around my apartment and I just so feel like excited. it's really enhanced the vibes. Um, so yeah. yeah, I can't wait. Are you shipping internationally? Yes, yeah, so we're going to do, so we've got North America, so like US and Canada, Australia and the UK is where we're starting. And we're trying to really set it up globally and obviously it's always just like we want it to be affordable and we want to make sure it's not like crazy wait times and stuff so we're starting off with those regions with like pretty much the same regions as the magnolia parks merch store um and yeah. then going to try to do like world domination eventually but that's where we're beginning i'm so excited I, like as soon as i found out you were australian i was like i know it's gonna ship here yeah and i was so excited. I feel like it's not often places will ship to Australia, which I get because it's like so hard to get over. But I was like, yeah. I cannot wait to just like order a bunch of stuff because I love notebooks. And I love just like any art prints. We like moved into our house and there's like nothing. Like our walls are bare. Like there's frames with oh, the yeah. in it. Like I feel like I need to fill everything. Yeah. And it's just so nice. Like obviously I love like for me getting the books for the first time or seeing the books in the store, it's just really nice to be able to like hold something in your hand. And to me, it's the same thing as just having something up on the wall. Like as soon as I got the first print, I framed it and I put it up. I was like, oh, it was so nice to see it against my bookshelf and stuff. So yeah, for people who that like to have artwork on the walls is important, um, which it definitely is for me. It's just really fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited. And also, I just thought of another question. So we're talking about digital yeah. print. When you do your art, do you start off like on paper or do you ever just go like straight digitally? Um, I really can never go straight to digital. I follow a lot of artists who can and I love that and think it's like a very special skill. Maybe I would be able to eventually. But I think because I really started off in fine art. And so I went from like oil painting, sketching, charcoal, watercolor, all of the above. Um, yeah. It's yeah, everything for me definitely starts as a pencil sketch, no matter what. Um, and then most of my projects as well, um, whether it's like completely fine art or a com or I've like taken into Procreate, which is what I use on my iPad for the digital pieces, even the digital pieces began with some kind of like fine art materials. And so it's yeah. yeah, very mixed media. And it's hard to, I can understand. I think sometimes people are confused, like what's what? Like what mm -hmm. of this is Procreate? What if this was a painting and everything? And I can totally see that because I definitely combine it all really often um but even all the procreate work that I do like all the digital stuff that I do that I absolutely love and I'm so glad like it's the best tool ever if you're using a watercolor brush it literally feels like you're painting with watercolors the way that the paints blend together is like the way watercolors blend with water I don't know how they've done that but it's magic um so yeah. I love it but I will always be like pencil paper like to me that's mm -hmm. something I will never like lose a love for but I guess I'm saying I love it all so it's very much so a mix of everything <laughs> what depends on the art piece and like what you're doing it yeah. does make sense that you do a lot of like paintings I feel like all of your like all the covers just like I feel like they are like an actual painting yeah and I use all the same like the way that my art teacher in high school taught me 
to paint is I use all those principles when I'm painting, no matter whether like if it's a oil paint or using the digital medium. And so, yeah, I think that's probably why it does feel so much like a painting because it's the same principles and whether it's like the way I approach color theory or lighting or whatever it is, like that's my favorite aesthetic, I guess. So that's why it's like so fun to be able to do it in both. Yeah. Do you have like a routine that you have to do before you start painting or like creating in general? Um, usually clean up because I'm really bad. Once I've finished a piece, I'm like so bad. I, I get into like an artistic chaos and then everything is just mayhem. And then I'm like done. I'm not now in the mood to like reorganize my stuff or like clean yeah. properly. So if I'm ever starting a new piece, it often requires something like that. Um, but whether I'm using, whether it's digital or physical, I will always have a fun drink. So I'm like the thought of painting without some kind of like a coffee or a wine or whatever, I've, mm-hmm. I need a fun drink. So that's my routine. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm honestly like almost like the same with like, if I am feeling creative, I'm like, I need a drink of some sort to like mm-hmm. feel like I'm doing something fun. Yes, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even if it's like, I'll go to Starbucks if I need to, I'll get a bubble tea. I don't care what it is, but the thought of just yeah. like sitting down without a fun drink is like, I'm not in the zone yet. Yeah. I even like with like reading, if I have a night in, I'm like, I need some, like something. I started off doing like dry January. And oh, I, yeah. I, you know, yeah, I bought like mocktails because I'm like, I just want to feel uh-huh. like I'm having something. Totally. Yeah. Yes. I'm yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the last thing I do, because I realize I've already kept you in almost an hour. I'm literally, as we're talking, I was like, I have a billion more things to say, but if I start keep going, it will be like 10 p.m. It's be like a pot too one day. I would love that. I honestly, I'm the worst for having guests on because I'm like, I almost just try and suck everyone in. I'm like, did you have fun? Want to come on again? Like, when can we hang out again? I'd be like, yeah. Yes, please. I'd love that. Because I feel like, yeah, I want to hear more about like, more art and like with all like mm. even more releases coming out mm. especially like the art coming out which also that cover I'm so excited to like hold it in my hands and see it in person yeah I can't wait yeah I'm so excited but I want to end off with like a I call it like a rapid fire game mm-hmm. but if you can't answer rapidly because I can never do it that's okay too but I just all right let's see how whatever. I go okay if going off of drinks what mm-hmm. is your go-to cocktail? French 75. Those are so good. I had yeah. one the other weekend, actually, on the weekend. Love them. Yeah. Um, who do you like better, BJ or Julian? BJ. Do you have a favorite cover that you've done? <gasps> oh, that's, <laughs> that's a hard rapid fire one. There are different there are parts of different covers that I love it's always the most recent cover I've done honestly so yeah there it is into the dark yeah so because you said parts is like they're like one part of each that stand out for you um for yeah I guess like for Magnolia one I really love the deer so I loved like how symbolic that was of Magnolia and I really wanted it to be like a very pretty sort of I had an idea in my head so I spent a lot of time just on the deer and then when Jesse and I looked at it together we were like that's it that's what we wanted yeah. so that was really fun um for the ship in the long way home um the skyline of New York that runs below like the bottom of the ship I just with I really struggled creating it, but I was super happy with how it came out. And I also really like the sky of that one. And then Into the Dark, obviously, just getting to create an artwork of Magnolia was like, that was the first like portraiture yeah. piece. And I love doing that. So I love that one. And then Never, um, I really love like the coloring of Never. So I just feel like the green of the grass and then like the sky colors jesse had been in florida um on a family trip and sent me a photo one day as the sun was setting it was like very dusk and then she was like this is our color inspo we hadn't yet started working on it and it was funny i went back and looked at the color inspo against the cover recently and it was like it's so obvious how much that 
image really inspired the colors of the cover and I love how that came together. So yeah. That's so cool. Also, I do feel like a sunset in North America is always like the best. I'm biased, but so magical. Yeah. Okay. The next one is what is your favorite place in Australia to go to when you're home? Oh, I love sitting on the balcony at my parents' apartment. They have a unit on the river and just like again with sunsets but my mom always talks about like as the pinks meet the blue which is you know the clouds and the sky at dusk is pretty and I love being with them so that would be my pick and my last question is do you have a favorite book of all time oh never never is my favorite book yeah if I had to on Jesse one, I got a couple that like are maybes, but like Nev is my favorite. I'm so excited to read it. I haven't read it yet. I don't know why I've been putting it off. Again, like when I get really excited about books, I almost am like, I put it off longer because I'm like, I just yeah, can't yeah. wait to read it. Also, it's nice to like save it for some, sometimes if I have like a special holiday or something coming up, um, I'll save it. But yeah, we've just, we've been talking about Never for so long and it, is the most like to me it feels you know how I said like Narnia was a book I read growing up and I have this really vivid memory on a summer holiday we're at the beach and there's like a summer storm rolling in and I'm sitting at the caravan park out on like one of those like beach chairs and I'm reading Narnia and I feel so I just feel like magic like I have completely immersed myself in this world I'm not at the beach I'm I'm in Narnia is like the way I felt as I was reading as I was reading it so to then yeah. as like a 30 I'm 33 now but when I first read it like 30 whatever year old woman read it and feel the same way I did as a little girl of like all the magic was just the best feeling ever and so yeah I can't I wait to read it I feel like yeah because I want to be in the right mindset I'm actually turning 30 this year so maybe this is like my year like it's good I put it off I feel like Peter Pan and growing up and like hitting 30. I mean, I'm excited for my 30s, but it's just like a new like decade of your life. Yeah. Like never was suiting. Yes. I'm so excited to read it. Um, I also, yeah, I'll be, I'll probably be DMing you all my thoughts once I do read it. Um, actually I thought of one more question because this will be releasing this episode the week that Into the Dark releases. Yeah. Is there one word or like one thought? that you would give to readers about to read it or to like sum up the whole book? Ooh, um, oh my gosh. Okay. So many words. Um, for, I don't know why, but the first word that came to mind was astonishing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's just like, there's so much depth and beauty but also like the sky in the cover for me that feels like yeah I guess astonishing comes to mind it's like stunning but there's just oh my god I feel so speechless about it um if you have like if you feel that you've got like a heart connection to the characters and you feel as though you've been on a journey like it's the you're gonna love it it's astonishing there's my word I'm just gonna commit to it even though I don't really exactly know why that came to mind it was the word and so you can you can let me know if you think that that resonates or not when you read it I have a feeling everyone who's like read an arc I'm like I just feel like this is gonna be like such a good book and like such good closure for all of us I know this is so like off center, but, um, or just, I guess a bit random, but the way I felt for, if anybody loved like all the superhero movies end game, I was like, Oh, end game. Like I was like, that's, I just felt like, wow, how, how could you possibly land everything that's happened? And it, it gives end game to me. So, which I'm saying is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm so excited because I think a lot of us were worried. I'm not kidding. Like I've had voice notes from people just, they were like looking for everything. They'd be like, okay, someone said this in a podcast episode, but then the art says this, like people were like so worried about what the ending was going to be like. 
Mm-hmm. I think now the arcs have gone out, people are going to be more hopeful. But like, I heard some crazy theories. Yeah. So, so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then the actual last question is where can everyone find you and when can we shop your products? Oh, so my website is emmylawless.com and my Instagram is emmylawless.studio. Um, and our shop is going to launch on Valentine's Day, so February 14th um, in Chicago, so CSC. And then um, if you've subscribed to the newsletter 24 hours before we launch or like put any links online, um, we're going to launch the subscribers and there's going to be a nice little freebie for subscribers in the pre-launch too. So exciting. Yeah. I can't wait. Well, yeah. thank you again for coming on. It was so thank fun talking to you. Me. Yeah, I love yeah. getting to meet you. And please DM me, whether it's never, into the dark, whatever, would totally come on for part two just to hang out. I would love that. Thank you again. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Bad Gals Book Club, the podcast. And thank you so much to Emmy for coming on. I had such a good time. Like that was just so much fun and I cannot wait to do a part two one day and talk all about never. I'm just excited to hang out with Emmy again. Like she's just actually the coolest person. Make sure to check out emmylawless.com and all of the prints you can buy. The notebooks look amazing. I purchased the foam backgrounds right away. They're stunning. I love them. And if you're a Magnolia Parks person, you got to get these. The BJ tattoo one is just perfection. And make sure to follow her on Instagram at amylawless.studio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating. And if you want any more book talk or book recommendations in general, you can follow me at the Bad Gals Book Club on Instagram. But again, thank you for listening. Thank you so much again to Emmy. And we'll see you next week. Remember, cool gals love reading. Bye.